Welcome to Nairobi Chapel and Bakasi. We grow deep to reach wide. But just a little bit about myself. I am born again. I mean, that for me is identity number one. That makes me a child of the Most High God. I mean, that one was not in the rap. But yes, I am a child of God. <laughs> I got saved when I was in high school uh, during a weekend challenge. Trust me, half of the girls that time got saved. And it was not November. No, no, no. It was July. And this marks my 26th year, just knowing Christ. That is just the Lord. What he says, it is not by works, but it's actually by grace. And for me, seeing God having taken me through high school and I'm born again and standing today is just a blessing from the Lord. And I come from a family of five. I have two brothers. So I am sandwiched. I'm a second born. Any second borns in the house? There are issues we have. Ah. <laughs> I see, I see all those hands. <laughs> but yes, I'm a second boy. But I'm also glad that God has expanded our family in that my brothers have are married. And now I have two additional sisters. I'm also a mother of two wonderful boys whom we saw standing here. Nicholas Moravi, who's 12. 12. 12. <laughs> The other one, Gabriel Baraka, he's eight years old. And as, as you could tell, it's only that I'm wearing a heel, but Nicholas is way taller than me. So he tells me, Mama. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so those are my boys who I believe are growing up to be great men of influence in their generation, and that's my prayer for them. And if he goes piloting, then he'll still be have an influence in that particular field. Um, I'm also a HR practitioner. And I also serve in the church ministry of Nairobi Chapel Langata. And at that point, I said, receive greetings from our lead pastor, Pastor Joseph Mwangi, Jehutu Mwangi, and the congregation at large, because I had to report that I'm going to minister at Mbakasi. <laughs> and so please receive salamus from Langata. And I know that I will receive salamus to take back. It's an African culture that we have to do it. Now, that's a little bit about myself. You'll get to know me as I move along with the sermon. I have not been told how long I am here. <laughs> so clearly, <laughs> we will keep continuing to, to share. But let me know when it's time. Don't, don't feel constrained. So growing up as children, there's a game that we really loved. It used to be called, well, now this is where I identity thing. I'm from Eastlands. So I used to call it, we used to call it Tipo or Chapo. I don't know what other places used to call it. Where you tag somebody, it's your turn. What did you call it? Tapo. Who called it Tipo? Tapo. <laughs> and then you run, you know. Um, that's, I mean, at least we are familiar with it. And having gone to um, Kajo school, so the field was large. And if you are as heavy as I am, my friend, you will not tag anyone. Because <laughs> you are running and you can't tag anyone. And so that the thing is that whoever tags you, you can't tag back. You have to look for somebody else to, to tag back. And the interesting thing about this game, it has no end. We were always like this, peace, 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 you know. <laughs> so if you are like this, you can't be tagged. And then the, thing, the rule about the game was that at the end of the day, you made sure it was not your turn. Because the whole night as a child, you'll be strategizing how you will position yourself to tag somebody and whatever corner they will come from, it was such torture as a child. And you're thinking, Aki, Wairimu is going to pass that route today. I will tag her. It was just too much. 
But let us look, look at scripture this morning and see a kind of a tag game that was there. Believe you or not, there was a tag game in the Bible. So please let's turn to our Bibles. Swipe to our Bibles. <laughs> From your heart, we shall keep God's word in our hearts. So just open your heart uh, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I love this book. I can dwell there for some time. 2 Timothy chapter th- uh, 1 from verse 3 to 8, and then we'll do 2 Timothy 2 and verse 1 and 2. So 2 Timothy, 3, 2 Timothy 1, 3 to 8, it says, uh, allow me to read from the NLT version. Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. I remember your, your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, uh, of power, love, and self-discipline. So never be ashamed to tell others about our Lord. And don't be ashamed of me either, even though I am in prison for him. With the strength God gives you, be ready to suffer with me for the sake of the good news. Then we turn to 2 Timothy 2 verse 2. You have heard me teach these things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. And Father, we just commit this time to you, and especially now that we've read your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit will help us understand what your word says and let us discover the truth that is in your word even as we share this morning from second timothy so lord be glorified use me as a vessel oh god as your mouthpiece lord to speak to hearts of people today in jesus name we pray amen timothy's faith was greatly greatly influenced by the ladies in his life and that was his grandmother lois and his um and his mother eunice i remember asking pastor fred who names people those names nowadays? Lois, Eunice. I mean, I just had designed I'm like, how do you spell that? You know, and, and it was amazing because it gets me thinking. For Lois, she was very intentional in influencing Eunice about faith matters. And Eunice was like, by the way, if my mother is doing this to me, then I have to pass this faith matters to my son Timothy. And the interesting thing is that Paul observed this is a tag game. So Lois tapped Eunice. Eunice tapped Timothy. And Paul is watching from afar. I'm like, this tag game, where is it going? And he actually told him, by the way, I have observed, I have seen the genuine faith that is in your grandmother and in your mother and now in you and therefore fan into flames that which is within you, a spiritual gift that is within you, then you're able to pass it on to others. Now let's camp here for a little while. Timothy's father was a Greek, a heathen Greek. And his mother, of course, was Jew, that was Eunice. And Greek, the little bit I know about Greek, they have many gods. Anything can be a god. You know, they have many gods for many things. Describe what this provides for you, it shall become a god for you. And so, if you see what I see, I think Lois saw, uh, Timothy, you're a good boy. 
but your father, not that he's a bad father, but what he worships is not the way I want you to go. And so somehow she was able to influence Eunice, who was the daughter. And Eunice was able to influence Timothy. And Timothy, because he followed, he had already been tagged by his mother and grandmother. Then he was able to influence other people, which now I'm calling a tag game, was able to influence people in Berea, in Corinth, in Philippi, in Ephesus, where was even the bishop at some point, heading churches because of the missionary work that he had with Paul. And this game has not stopped because you and I are products of that gospel that was going around. And now today we are tagging other people with that same gospel. And that game, I don't think it will stop until Jesus comes back. Now back to my who I've been. It's a very interesting someone series. Um, during my earlier years, I really struggled with fears of inadequacy. I realized this is a pulpit where now you just come and talk all your series. Yeah. You know, I'm like, God, I cannot reach that. <laughs> I'm like, and he pushed me. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay, here goes. And I, for a long time, I thought I wasn't good enough for anything. I or something, or I couldn't have anything. I mean, that's for them, not me. And and I withdrew from doing so many things, and I figured I'm, I, I don't have what it takes to accomplish that. And I think Pastor Fred had just had a witness of it at some point earlier in the month, and I just told him, but there I can't, I'm not doing this, you know. And, and, and I have missed out on quite a number of opportunities the same way, because I felt... I, my mom would say, let's go for this. And I'm like, no, I don't feel like I'm fine here at home. I'm tired. I'm not tired. I'm just feeling I'm not part of that event and I can't fit in. And I was an average performer in school. I had very few friends because only to those that I'm comfortable with, those are the ones I will stay with. And uh, my dad was very special to me, extremely special. Remember, I am the only girl, so clearly. Me and my dad were very close. And then I am named after him because the Kikuyu culture is that you named uh, your parents' parents. So I was actually named after his mom. But when I just hit my early 20s, he was unwell and the Lord called him home. And I'm like, God, on top of all I am going through as a teenager, you have just taken my dad away. And that for me shook as in... Yeah, it was hard for me. And I remember being with someone and I'm like, I still remember my dad. And I'm like, he was such a strong pillar in my life. But I remember the night that he died. Um, of course, we took him to hospital. He was declared what he was declared. And I went back to my room and I cried and I told God, Yanni, this you have broken me. I had a little hope, but this one you have finished me totally. And I remember him whispering and saying, I will be your father. And I told him, you are so far away. Because after I've been going through in my past years, I have not seen you. But that promise has stood true to date, that he has been a father to me. I have never felt the absence of a father because I have always called to him every time. He is actually a father to me. And my mom and I, of course, my brothers were still around. My mom was very intentional in raising me up being an only girl. And so she always gave me housework. I mean, you'll do the dishes, you will do laundry. And I didn't like, the boys are outside playing, my friend. <laughs> you wash one room, ah, have you washed the windows? I'm like, next Saturday. I'm like, mom, surely, I don't want, I want to go and play, you know? I mean, that's the right of every child to play. 
So, <laughs> or she would hear none of that, you know? And looking back now, I realize that my mom took those opportunities to actually talk to me. When you're doing dishes, she's pouring some girl stuff. She's telling me how to be a responsible lady. She's telling me how to manage at home. I'm like, see, you're managing this one. See, we are fine. What is this story? I want to go outside and play. And then it looked like um, an annoyance thing. And it, I don't want to be here. I want to go outside and play. But mom was very intentional. But even during that period of my life as a daughter, and remember dad is long gone, I had such a difficult time with my mom. Uh, Yanni, it was a coined experience. She saw heads, I saw tails. And the moment she saw tails, I saw heads. Yanni, yeah, we are not going to be on the same page. And as all teenagers would say, she just didn't understand me. Not 14 years, what do you have? <laughs> you know? I'm like, mom is being unfair, she doesn't like me. She, I, I really had a hard time coping up with my mom. And because my dad wasn't there that I would fall back to, I withdrew. And I became a very, like an alone person. I do my work, I go to the room or I do something else. And I'm, my diary is not something to look forward to at the end of the term. So I'm still fighting all that. And it was a difficult time for me at that particular time. And my mama never gave up really. She, she actually called on my grandmother. She tagged my grandmother, you know, it was the way, the way, the way around and she, called my grandmother and told them, mother, you have to talk to your grandchild. Uh, she's not hearing, she's feeling I don't like her, or something like that. And my grandmother would take time to talk to me. Now, this is the grandmother I am named after, Grace. And of course, being a grandmother, she would quote scriptures. You know what the Bible says? Like, I know. Children, obey, I know that one. You know, it also says, <laughs> you cannot show disrespect to your grandparents, my friend. My friend. And I tell you, I would sit there and she would tell me what I need to do as a girl, what needs to be there. I mean, you're, you see, you're the only precious girl in this home. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But my mom does not understand me. But they never gave up on me. Let me just say, tough conversations did not begin when I'm old. They began when I was really, really young. And remember, here I am with fears of inadequacy. I am feeling my mom does not understand me. Perhaps I was adopted in this family. But just perhaps. That's why I'm going through what I am going through. Maybe I'm not one of them. Because I'm the only girl and there are two boys. Okay, maybe I was adopted. Then I am an average student. Then during school games, remember, I was quite heavy. I was never in the main team. So I'm the substitute. How is that helping my life at that point? <laughs> Yani, I knew I couldn't ride a bike like the other neighborhood kids. I yet I had to go and play with them. I'm like, God, do you have a list of favorites? And I am not on that list. Any, just tell me, Nikwangetuna Jua God, by the way, Miniko back page book. Because <laughs> I there's nothing in my life that's working out. Nothing literally. I'm just feeling I am alone. And this really fueled my fears of inadequacy. And now I even push, as in, you tell me to do something, I'm like, no, man, Carol can do it better. In fact, I have her number, da, 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 give, and I move on. And during that time for me, um, I think I also battled with the fact that I really needed my dad around because I felt that he's the one who could understand me. 
maybe he still couldn't understand me because it's a whole life season I'm going through as a girl when I'm growing up. But despite all these conflicts that I had with my mom, she modeled faith to me. She somehow said, you have to go to church. Well, we did not have a chance, I mean, an option. My friend, you're going to church. So either the highway or his highway, but we still went to church. And for me, I was like, why is she still pushing us for church, pushing us? And every evening would pray. My grandmother would come, would have devotions, and we pray. And after fourth form, when I completed fourth form, I, I, I was engaged in a Christian outreach ministry. And so I was, we were able to do high school missions and also do missions to the communities in various places in Nairobi. And interestingly enough, my parents, my mom didn't object to that. Even my dad, before he passed on, he didn't object. Like, dad, we have a mission to Kitui. Yeah, it's okay, fine. When are you coming back? Uh, we're coming back on Saturday evening. Then on Sunday, we are going to do to which school? It's like, okay, where where? But I think it was a safe space than me saying I am clubbing or doing something. But they encouraged me, and that became such a strong pillar in my life that I could fellowship with this Christian ministry. We had weekly fellowships, and somehow I began realizing my position in God. I mean, just understanding who I am before the Lord and how he views me. Remember, my perception was very wrong initially. For God has his list of favorites, and I am not in it. I'm in back page. I'm yet to move to the front page. And as we started beginning, as we started doing the Bible studies and doing the missions together and praying together, I then realized Romans 12, 2, 1, how many, 2, 11, how many know what it says? It's okay, it's fine. That's where we carry Bibles. <laughs> Romans 2.11, it says, For God does not show favoritism. And that just opened my mind. I'm like, oh, really? What is this thing? I had a list that God had, and he doesn't even have that list. Then I discovered another verse, Jeremiah 31.3. I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And so I realized that God viewed me so differently from the way I viewed myself. And he had brought people around me to tag on me that, you know, God loves you. You have things and potential in you that at the end of the day, God still loves you. It doesn't matter what you feel. It doesn't matter who you are. And he doesn't have a list of favorites. That is in your head. Throw it, trash it. And I changed my mirror from seeing what I was seeing and, this, and getting my reflection from, I cannot do this because I am like this, I cannot do this, to what does God say, and start applying what his word says into my life. And just seeing that he sees me very differently. I saw myself that as inadequate, he may see his sufficiency in me. I saw myself so not loved, him, he loves me unconditionally. It doesn't matter. My size, my height, my age, nothing. He didn't see all that. He loved me for who I was. And I realized even the time when my mom was trying to model faith to me and teach me housework and my grandmother trying to tag me other things, I'm like, oh, so this is it. I haven't reached. I am still on this journey. I don't stand here because, yeah, done, deal, finished. I would be in heaven. But it's because God is continuously working in me. And life presents choices. And whatever choices we make as ladies, as mothers, as men, as fathers, whatever choice we make, it has a consequence in life. 
Timothy, going back to scripture, had a choice of following his father as a Greek. But Lois was like, ha, ah, I know where you're going, my grandchild. And you know they, I know that your grand your children's grandparents, where they become very they just brood over them. It was like Jaribu Kumchapa. And the way you were thooped, my friends. <laughs> I can but today to date I remind my mother. You know how you used to beat us. Me, I'm only pinching your grand ah, I'm like, maybe that's indiscipline. Discipline kwako. I'm like, and the way we've went through fire, me and my brothers. Come on, you find a meeting with Panda those meetings, as in we have done crazy things, and we would be beaten wholesale. How many have gone through wholesale beatings? <laughs> as in you are not there, you, you didn't even do that thing, but the wholesale beating we got. Hey! Anyway, Jesus loves us. <laughs> we are standing today. And so Timothy had a choice of following his father's beliefs as a Greek. But Lois will know. Because probably she may not be able to get straight to Timothy. Let me use the mother, you know. And so influenced Eunice. And Eunice influenced Timothy. And similarly to Timothy's story, I personally am grateful for people God has pushed my way to actually tag me and tell me grace is a lot in you that you need to bring out. There is potential in you that you need to bring out. They have called me, they have encouraged me, they have rebuked me, my, my spiritual mom and my um, an old accountability lady, she's on me. You cannot stay like this. You cannot stay hidden like this. And, and for me, I'm like, no, I don't want to. They're like, no, we're going to tag you to become who God has called you to be. We're going to pass. We're going to make sure that what God has deposited in you has to come out. You can't stay with it. If then, you should not have had it in the first place. What is it that is in the inside of us that we need to target to another person? Tafakari Hayo. It's not been an easy journey for me, but it's a step-by-step. I have been pushed, including Pastor Fred. You're coming. I'm not coming. <laughs> no, I have even a substitute for you to, to come and preach. The substitute gives up. I'm like, I don't think I'll be available. I'm like, hmm, okay, Sawa. It's fine. But I personally have also been intentional in discipling other girls and telling them, you know what? There's so much that God has deposited in you. You need to leave it out. You need to leave it out. And now that I'm a mother of two boys, Soon to be gorgeous men. Guy, I said that I'm like Nanimina Pelekambuzi. You know? <laughs> My heartfelt desire really is to tag a legacy of faith to them. If anything, that they will say, Mommy taught us God's word. I desire to tag a legacy of hope to them, to tag a legacy of reverence of God to them. I, I mean, we, we live in such a social media run almost economy, but life, you know. But I pray that they'll be able to live out God's word in that era, that they'll be able to identify who they are, become aware of who they are, and I know that mom has passed this legacy to them that you need to live right. Um, He's a preteen, as I said earlier, so there'll be teen influence, and that's a stage he has to pass through. For mommy, me and my friends, we have said, I said, okay, what have you said? <laughs> this is what we want to do. Okay, who's the mother, you know? But just allow him to go through that stage and also allow the younger brother to go through a bit of, he's very hyper, just go through a bit, a bit of that season. But in all that that they are doing, that are not out to tag a legacy of faith to them or a legacy of hope to them. 
I may not be the bishop, but I know what I know, God's word, and that is sufficient enough to pass this truth to them that they too will be able to pass either to their schoolmates or to their friends in the estate, or they'll be able to say, no, 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 the Bible says, you know, I, I laugh when there's, there's a, in our neighborhood, there's a girl, <laughs> I don't know what she had done, Oh, she's an amazing girl. I think she had done something wrong to the house girl. And so she came, Auntie, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And the auntie was like, no, you did very bad. And you see, the Bible says we forgive. I'm like, ah, finished. And the Bible is quoted. You just, that's <laughs> it, just forgive. And so that's my prayer. So I intentionally create time to be with them, play with them. I enjoyed the walk from Taj Mahal to here because we just come talking and seeing. I'm like, ah, okay, ah. I mean, just having fun with them. Our best times is usually family time when we, after, so every evening we have family time, and so we get to spend, to know how your day was. So how was your day? And so they talk, they talk, they talk, then you know which teacher beats them more, which teacher does not care and make much, or which teacher is so hard on them, who gives them much homework, which friend came and had, you had carried chips and then they had carried rice. I mean, the stories are amazing. But it's a way to keep them talking. And then also, they also tell, so mommy, how was your day? So I tell them how crazy it was or how good it was, how tired I am. And then they ask me what I do. I tell them I'm HR, so this is what HR does. This is a song I sing after every two, three weeks. I tell mommy, what did you say? Is HR? I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Let me give you another version of HR. But it's just a joy to interact with them. We pray together. We read scripture in the morning. Our mornings are tricky because these kids are picked very early in the morning. So we just read a psalm, we pray, and we go. So we can't have all that. In the evening, we have it. But just seeing them understand scripture. I may not be a whole paragraph and exposition of it, but just that one liner, God is our refuge. Just that. If I hear them quoting again, it fills my heart with so much joy. Because I know that's one that's already deposited. And it's not my place to convict. It is the Holy Spirit's to convict. And so for me, I saw my parents invest time with me. They turned me. And now I invest time with them. So for me to tell them, by the way, today we are not going to Langata, we are going for a mission. <laughs> mission. <laughs> for a mission. <laughs> mission. And for them, they're like, okay, let's go. It's not a struggle. They understand that's part of my calling. And I said this at the podcast um, some time back, that life provides a buffet. And you only pick what you know is beneficial and enough for you. Have you ever gone to a buffet and you see where people serve? <laughs> it's a buffet. You can always go back, my friends. They serve what is enough for now. And then they leave a whole plate of food. I'm like, really? You didn't need all that. <laughs> so that for me, um, I have some interest in some hotels, so cooking and all that's part of my hobby. So I'm like, get, just put even salads first. Yeah. Then have a rapport with people. Then go back for your starches and meat. Or, or you eat all the meat first. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have had You men, I see you from that. <laughs> you know? Oh, the ladies, we start with our pineapples and our salads. Yeah. <laughs> No juices, so that we want fresh juice. <laughs> Life is the same way. It provides a buffet. You pick what you want, imagine, and what's enough for you. And I know there are people that are there to guide you. Your pastors are there. Your mentors are there. 
there are people that are willing to guide you in what you need to pick in this life. I don't stand from a place that I have it all, but I've had people who've pinched me, rebuked me, encouraged me, pushed me to pick what I need in life. And my parents are one of them. Even when my dad was leaving, I had really spent a lot of time with him. But he guided me. To date, I, when I want to do something, I can hear a voice. <laughs> I don't think that is what you should be doing, you know. But my grandparents have also been very instrumental in my life. My accountability groups. Um, I'm in one very unique group. Um, we call it Mothers of Sons. And I'm not here to, ad to advocate for any program or anything. But we did that program because all the mothers in that group, we have sons. It's natural for us to raise girls because we've been girls before, but we've not been boys before. And so when that program was launched, we went for this program. We didn't even know each other at the beginning. So we would go, so the, uh, the program, the flow of the program would be that you have a plenary session, you discuss the topics for the day, like plug-in, and then you're put into groups, and then you discuss further details, you know? And so we didn't even choose each other. It was one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And so I think, I can't even remember what number we were. And we went and we were one group. And that was in 2016. And we finished the program, we had our retreat, and we were like, it's been cool. But somehow our group continued because our children at that point were almost the same age. Eight, nine, eight, nine, eight, nine. We we're like, ah, your boy, your boy, oh, okay. This is what he's going through. The, and it became like a routine every day on the page to post what's happening, what have we learned from this lesson, what, how can we apply it in raising our boys. And it was a very, and continues to be a very, any, they are my girls, if I can say that. Here there's a boys club. <laughs> These are my girls. And we cry together, we laugh together. Every time we meet, we say we'll meet from 12 to 4. Yeah. Carol, you understand the story? <laughs> yes. And we just encourage each other. And they are into your life. They are the ones that can ask you hard questions. Eh, hey, what's happening? And they keep you with your faith. They keep you to make sure that when your son is having an issue, at least if you can't solve it, maybe some of you can have gone through this with your sons. Then help each other. They have been my accountability group. But even in the workplace, is an accountability group. And so for me, these people have guided me in knowing what I need to pick in life. They have tagged me in what I need to pick in life. And just like Timothy, who was tagged by Lois, tagged by Eunice, just like him, I have been tagged. And I want to tag you today with the lessons that I have learned in this whole process and continue to learn. Because they say there is no edu end to edu education. To education. <laughs> Please delete that part. <laughs> there, is no, uh, there is no end to education. And one of the lessons I have learned as I try to conquer my fears, remember even Timothy, for Paul to have told him that God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, of love, self-discipline, because there's something in the inside of you. Conquer the fear that you have. I mean, there's what, what, what was already tagged on you, tag it on somebody else. Don't keep it to yourself. And one of the lessons I have learned, which again, I have some Baptist background, there are three Ps. <laughs> so there's plan, process, and product. No. And for plan, I have learned that God has a good plan for me. And we all know Jeremiah 29, 11. We can recite it even better than the children. That God has a good plan for me. 
And Job 14 verse 5 says that he has numbered the days of our lives. You know, when I read that, I'm like, hey, yeah, that program. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that program, I'm like, God has actually numbered the days of my life. What am I doing with them? And his plan for me is for good and not for evil. Yeah. Really? Grace, you cannot stay with all that that you have. Your days are numbered. Get tagging everyone that you have. Go empty, you know, go empty. The second P is process. The Bible records in John 15 verse 2 that the Lord prunes every branch that bears fruit so that it can produce more. And every time I read this, even now, I'm still, I'm like, why are you interfering with the branch that is producing fruit? Why are you, what is the business here of pruning it? But it has to be well manicured and well kept so that it's able to produce fruit. And so some of the good and tough life processes I've had to go through, some of them have been pruning. Maybe my behavior needs to be cut off a bit. This is not how you're supposed to be. Your character needs to be amended. You're not very patient. I've got to put you through a patient exam. You know, uh, you lack faith. I need to teach you faith that your faith may increase. It's been a pruning process and it has not been easy. But I know that at the end of the day that God is very intentional to make me a better person. And so that process is essential for me and it's essential for you. Gold, how is gold refined? If there's, if there's no fire, is there gold? So see yourself as gold. But remember before that gold, eh? there's a refining that has to take place. There is a proper refining that has to take place. And the last piece, product. Being confident on this, Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work, he who began a good work, he who has a good plan over your life, he who is pruning you and making you a better person, he who began that good work, and count it all joy, brethren, when you go through diverse trials, all things work together for good. You know, all those verses that we don't like hearing when we are going through a hard time. You even, that time you even block, you don't even know that part of the scripture. But it's still scripture and it's still the truth. He who began a good work in us, he himself will bring it to completion. And many times we have given up or are about to give up when God is still at work in our lives. I stand here with the signage that God is at work in me. And I know that God is at work in your life. It's all that you have everything that you need for life. Well, his divine power has given us that. But if only we can trust him to guide us as we tag a legacy to somebody else. As we go through this life, we know that, by the way, God is still at work in me. Even as I give, I know he's going to give me more to give to others. May we be counted faithful, you know, and good stewards and talents for the talents that God has given us. Um, I had asked my, our dear pastors, uh, sorry, it was part of my prop that I needed, as I conclude, by the way, I'm actually concluding. Um, as, we, as we talk to our brothers, our sisters, our daughters, our sons, my message to us today, that we need to tag a legacy on them. We need to tag a legacy on them. Thank you, ma'am. Here I have a packet of wheat flour. Trust me, I told you I love food. Yes, clearly. <laughs> I love food. 
When you see this, what comes to mind? Chapati. I heard something else. Mandas. Mandas. What else? Pancakes. Waffles. At which I need you say? Sawa, yo. When I come to your house. <laughs> Dear gentlemen, what do you see when you see this? Cakes. Hey, the taste. What else do you see here? Yeah, you can't do it. That is what you're all trying to do. You can't do it. You can't do it. See your lives. What else do you see here? <laughs> we are in Eastlands, clearly. Let's live with it. Samosa. Hey, you've got it. You've packaged it. I see at the back. What do you see? What? <laughs> I asked for this prop so that it's a constant reminder for us because it's everywhere in the shops, everywhere. You'll see people with buckets here. <laughs> Just remember. In a nutshell, this is you. There is so much in the inside of you. To one, you're a chapati. To another, you're a mandazi. To another, you are a muffin. Just leave. Sabasakali. <laughs> As in God has packaged you. So Why are we here to? I like. I, but then I learn best with visuals. Yeah. Every time I see, I'm like, but then I keep. Who am I packaging to this? But God has packaged you in such a way that you are many things to many people. Let that sink in. You are many things to many people and different people. I have come here the first time. I don't know what I will be to you, but I hope I've tagged something on you. My children call me mom, but my children also call me friend. But I'll never be their wife, you get. And probably may never be their best friends. I hope to be, but I know they'll grow up because their boys will have their own best of friends. The girls I'm discipling, then I become their discipler. But remember, I'm also a princess. I'm also a sister. I'm also a daughter. God has packaged all that in me. I just need to know what I need to tag what to what. I choose to tag a legacy of faith to my children. If they ever forget any other thing, my older son, I'm trying to teach him how to cook here and there, and he's learning. And he may not be the best cook, but I know he will not die hungry. He can fix a meal. <laughs> he can fix a meal. And he'll probably, his uncle, now my brother, is a hotelier, so they can cook those things we've caught them that I have not understood, you know? <laughs> We can be as many things as you've described from this. You are well packaged to turn a legacy to somebody. And I urge us today, I really, really urge us today, that let's turn a legacy on someone. It could be our children, it could be our workmates, it could be our neighbors, I don't know, social circles, because we are human beings, we interact. Um, and let's turn a legacy on them for faith matters. For professional matters, I am a HR practitioner because there are people who've come around me and showed me what I need to do. I'm not 
the professional, the guru, but I'm learning. There are people who are tagging me the things that I need to learn in that field. Tag a legacy on people about family matters. There are people who are struggling in their families. You know, so what do you want them to learn? And at times, it's, you can identify the person, but if not you, you feel you want somebody, then you can actually approach somebody. I'm saying, will you walk with me in this area? And be ready, if they have been, if I've been able to identify that you're good in exposing God's word, and I want to learn God's word, I can come and ask you, Carol, will you teach me how to read and understand God's word? Because that has already been packaged in you. Do not stay with it. Tag it on me. Then I'm able to learn. Then somebody else will come. I need to hear. Can you see how the chain is going? Lois tagged Eunice. Eunice tagged Timothy. Timothy tagged the Bereans, the Corinthians, the Philippi. The, uh, he was a bishop in Ephesus. And the story moved. The game hasn't stopped. And please let's not stop the game. Be the Lois to somebody. Be the Eunice to somebody. Be the Paul to somebody. I, I haven't even touched Paul and Timothy because that's a different uh, someone for another day. But let that mark be visible on somebody's life and to the generations to come. I am a living testimony for people who set aside time and just resources to tag on me and make me who I am today, despite the earlier years of feeling inadequate or feeling I'm not loved or feeling I'm on the back page of God's favorites, yet he does not show any favoritism. And I'm soldiering on. God has assured us of his constant love. I, I felt I'm not loved, but because I don't have this or I have the other, but God loves us unconditionally. God has not given us a spirit of fear and of timidity. There is so much that is in the inside of you. God has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline or self-control, as other versions would say. We need not to fear. When they started singing TSOC to trust in Jesus, I'm like, boom! That's the word. Trust him and trust him completely. There's treasure in the inside of you guys. Target on someone today. Join us every Sunday from 11 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at Trubani House on Shriji Road off Airport North Road. <laughs>